Well, good morning. Real quick, FBC kids, you're free to go with Miss Patty. <laughs> Woohoo! Can we bottle that energy? How many of y'all need that energy? Yeah. And we need to bottle that, don't we? Hey, so, so good morning. And we're in our final week of Before You Give Up. And, you know, through this series, we've looked at what defines us. You know, so many times I think we, we believe that our hurts, our hangups, or our habits, or the things that we do wrong is what defines us. But we're actually defined through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then this week two, we, we talked about doubts, and we looked in the Old Testament, and we looked at Habakkuk and how Habakkuk actually doubted and, and brought his doubts to God. And, and we can actually do that same thing is, you know, because we all have those doubts. There's times that we may question things, and, and we're not sure, and, and God wants to hear it. You know, many of us grew up thinking, oh, we can't doubt God, we can't question God, but it's okay, because guess what? He already knows. He already knows what you're going through. He already knows what doubts you may have in your life. He just wants to hear it from you. He just wants you to have that conversation with him. And, and then last week, what did we talk about last week? Anyone remember? Really? Wow. Well, we talked about God. We talked about Jesus. Wow. Okay, so I guess we got to go back and, and we got to watch again because, man, I thought, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, we don't just come here to worship and dig into the Word. It's about taking it into the world, and it's about doing what God called us to do each and every week. That's right. We all have hurts, and, and, and God cares for us in our hurts. We saw last week that Jesus wept. Jesus wept for Martha and Mary and their friends after Lazarus died, even though he knew he was going to bring them back to life. So see, I am glad one person remembered what it was. Thank you very much. But so, yeah, exactly. But so, yeah, take notes. Do something. But remember, it's about applying this into your life and taking it out there into the world. It's great to come in here and be in here for an hour, 45 minutes. Maybe today will go a little longer because you're slow learners, you know, hard to say. But <laughs> take it with you, apply it in your life. That, that's how we could become more like Jesus. But you know what? I kind of think, you know, I got an idea on why maybe some of y'all don't listen or not, not don't listen, but don't take it with you. You ever feel blah? You ever had the blahs, you know, them spiritual blahs where, where you feel like God's not listening to you? where you feel like God's like distant and you're not hearing his voice and, and you're like, well, God, where are you? And then you kind of walk in that all your own path and, you know, maybe you're just a little tired. Maybe you're burnt out. Anyone in here tired or burnt out? Anyone in here just feel like, blah. Like, I, I just got to go to church. I just got to do something because I got these, this spiritual blah in my life and, and I'm just not feeling it today. Say what? Scripted. scripted. You feel scripted. There you go. You feel, I've got to do this. I've got to go on. And, and a lot of times what I feel, and, and when I find myself like that, I kind of realize that, you know, I need a revival. And I'm not talking about, you know, this church revival. 
I'm not talking about a tent revival with, with this evangelist preaching and heaters under the seat so you feel like your butt's on fire kind of thing. You know, I, I'm talking about a personal revival. I'm talking about taking that time and digging into God's Word, digging that much deeper, and, and really trying to hear His voice. Because what happens is, generally we get tired and we get frustrated and all these things going on. The last thing we do is hear the voice of God. And that's when we think he's distanced. We think that he's walked away from us, or even more so that we've walked away from him, that, that we've walked too far, we've gone too far, we've done too much bad, and, and there's no way that, that God's going to want to listen to me or he's not going to be there for me. Has anyone else ever felt that way, or is that just me? Oh, it's not just me? Okay, thank you. Man, I thought I was preaching to myself for a second. Well, today we're actually going to look at the prophet Elijah felt that same way. The prophet Elijah, he was, he was tired, he, he was burnt out, he felt like he didn't hear God's voice, and he was just miserable. And hopefully this morning we can understand that just like Elijah, you know, we can get through this. We, we can make our way through it and, and that God is going to show up in our life. He's going to provide for us. And, you know, as Christ followers, we know, as it says in, in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you or forsake you. And, you know, that's that great promise, and it feels good. It's like, man, I know. That's what Scripture says. But sometimes you don't feel it. Sometimes those are just words on a page. Sometimes it's just like, well, I, I know that promise is out there. I know he's not going to leave me. I know he's not going to forsake me, but God, where are you? Man, I got this blah. I, I'm just kind of stuck. And, and Lord, I don't feel your presence. I got all this going on in my life. And, and, and Lord, I, I need your help. Well, today we're going to see we're not alone. Because one thing you know is, and you'll see today, Elijah is tired. He's burnt out and he's afraid, but God cares for him in his weakness. God shows up for him in his weakness, and like Elijah, we all have limits. Each one of us has limits. We've got that time when it's like, we're done. No more. I've had enough. We've reached our limits, but know that God cares for us when we've reached our max. When we're at that point in our life, God cares for us and he desires for us to get rest. Even when we don't think we deserve it. Because there's times we brought it on ourselves and we're like, man, I, I need some rest, but I don't deserve rest. God wants you to have that rest. He, he's going to provide you with that rest even when you feel like you don't need it. So today we're going to be in 1 Kings, so we're going to be in the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 19. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the back of the pew. Um, otherwise, just a reminder, it will be up here on the screen as always. And for you joining us for Church Online, hey, let's give it up for those on Church Online. Hey, we appreciate you guys joining us and coming in here and joining us on Sunday mornings. Um, we truly appreciate you guys. You're part of the family. See, you don't necessarily have to be in the house to worship. You know, we can worship anywhere, and they've chose to be able to worship online, and sometimes because people are out of town. We've got people from Canada and Jamaica and all over the place that join us every Sunday for church online. 
which is absolutely amazing. It tells you that the gospel goes way farther than this room. It's bigger than Florida. It's bigger than the U.S., and we go beyond that. So, hey, we appreciate you guys being with us. And with that being said, let's go ahead and dig in. So, 1 Kings 19, wow, 1 Kings 19, verses 1 through 16. Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, May the gods punish me and do so severely if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba, <clears throat> Beersheba that belonged to Judah, he left his servant there. But he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him. The angel told him, get up and eat. Then he looked, and there at his head was a loaf of bread baked over a hot stones and a jug of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him. He said, get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. So he got up, ate and drank. Then on the strength from that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. He entered a cave and spent the night. Suddenly the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are looking for me to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I have been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, he replied, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they're looking for me to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go and return the way you came to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive and you are to anoint Haziel as king of Aram, you are to anoint Jehu of Nimshai as king of Israel, and Elisha, son of Shephat, from Abel Mahala, as prophet in your place. So one of the things we see here is first and foremost, man, Elijah was human, wasn't he? Doesn't he kind of sound like us? Things start happening, decides to run, and, and, and we see as we're looking at this that 
you know, he was tired. He was fatigued. Is anyone in here tired or fatigued this morning? It's been a long week, hasn't it? And guess what? Tomorrow's Monday, so it starts all over again. But, but here's the react, reality. When, when we get tired, we're more prone to be discouraged. We, we get that discouragement going up with us. And, and when our resistance is low, guess who comes prowling? That's when Satan's going to show up. Satan's going to take that low energy, that discouragement, that tiredness, whatever it is, he's going to try and use it against you. And we see here that, that Abel was telling Jezebel everything that Elijah had just done. Elijah had just come off of mountaintop experiences. You know those mountaintop experiences where God showed up in your life and, and you're like, man, I can't believe what God did. And, and, and you go from one to the other and, and sometimes you have one and then you're in the valley for a while and then you may have this other mountaintop experience. Well, Elijah, here's just some of the things that he witnessed from God. God fed him during the drought and had ravens actually feed him. Birds actually brought him food. Not only that, he, he saw this miracle inside a widow's house where the flour and the oil never ran out. She was able to bake fresh bread on a daily basis. He was able to pray, and God allowed the widow's son to, to end up coming back to life. And he not only challenged all the prophets of Baal, but he saw God bring fire from heaven. He, he sees all of this, and he must have been feeling pretty good about himself. And, and he just conquered all this. All the, the prophets of Baal were defeated, and he runs back to Jezreel, and he's got to be on that mountain. Yeah, this is awesome. And then he gets there, and maybe thinking that they killed Jezebel with all the prophets, finds out that she's still alive. She's still wicked, she's still nasty, and she is madder than ever. And what does he do? He finds out that she is going to still try and kill him, and instead of praying about it, instead of going to God, he just saw God do all of these things, he runs. He turns around and he runs. He comes from all these mountaintop experiences. A little discomfort comes in his life and he takes off running from God. That sound familiar? That sound familiar to anyone's life? You, you have these mountaintop experiences. You're, full, you're like, man, I can't believe it. Something bad happens and what do you do? You run from God. And after you go wallowing in it a little while, then all of a sudden you realize, well, I, I need God. I need to ask God. I need to pray to God. And, and I need to really reach out to him and understand that God's going to provide. Even when Elijah decided to run, he didn't pray to God. He didn't, he didn't ask God for anything. He ran. God still provided for him. And he still does that for us today. He gave Elijah what he needed. He gave Elijah time to rest. And I think some of us, that's what we need. We just need rest. We need that time where we can just breathe. That time to just put the world away. Because you ever notice that when you get these blahs, you kind of, you end up discouraged or depressed? And, and there's two things that you normally eat, and we see that God provided for Elijah. You need food, and, and you need sleep. 
And that's exactly what he provided for Elijah. Because you know what happens when, when we can't, when we get depressed, we can't sleep. You get discouraged, you lose your appetite. Well, well God understands these same things, and we see it in the scripture today. That God will still provide it. God provided for Elijah. He's going to provide for us also. And, and you think about it, he not only fed him once, he fed him twice. The angel showed up two different times and fed him and gave him water. So God provided what he needed exactly when he needed it. God shows up with what we need when we actually need it. But I think sometimes we just get so discouraged. We've got so much on our plate. We're constantly running. We're constantly on the move that, that we don't take that time just to rest. You know, we, we forget all about taking a Sabbath, which we're all supposed to do. We, we forget about that day of rest. God provides that day of rest, but we need to remember to always take it. Now, next thing we see is Elijah was lonely. If you notice, when he was running, and when he got to Beersheba, he, he left his servant there and continued on. And don't we do that when we're discouraged? Don't we do that when we're in the blobs? We kind of self-isolate. We kind of tell people to go away because, you know, it may say misery loves company, but when, but when we're going through those miseries, we don't want anyone around us. We want to just stick to ourselves and, hey, we'll figure it out. And, and this is exactly what he was doing. He was actually isolating himself, pushing people away. The one person he had, God provided him with someone who was serving him, he left behind. He, he let him go and, and just, that's it, I'm going on my own. During these times, during especially when you got this blah feeling in your life, guess what? That's when you need a friend. Friends are going to be there for you. You think about it, you are there for your friends when they're feeling blah, right? So don't you need to let them be there for you? But unfortunately, we won't. We'll push them away. I'll figure it out myself. Oh, sorry, I don't want to do that. And we come up with all these different excuses to keep people out of our lives. But yet we we'll want to be the first ones to be there to cheer somebody up. Don't push your friends away when you're in a situation because that's the worst thing that we could ever do. And you think about Elijah's servant. He'd been there on that mountaintop with him. He saw everything God did. He was there for him throughout the whole ordeal, through, through God showing up, through running, and, and then he sets him to the side. But, but even with this, God still provided for him. In, in the end of this, you see that he tells them to go and anoint Elisha to be a prophet, to be the next prophet. So he ends up providing him with a friend and a companion and someone to help carry the load, so to say. The next thing we see is Elijah threw a pity party. How many of y'all know about pity parties? Come on now. I know it. Elijah basically, Lord, I've had enough. Lord, I quit. You know, Lord, this whole being a prophet thing ain't what it's cut out to be. You know, Lord, Lord these people trying to kill me because I'm speaking your word. I'm speaking your truth. He was tired. He was tired of doing God's work. 
And unfortunately, we get the same way. We kind of get tired of doing God's work. We, we sit there and, and, and we tell people about the Lord and we serve and we do all these different things and, and we're doing it all for, for the glory of God and we kind of get tired. We kind of get burnt out. We kind of get into these blahs. And, and the worst thing about it is generally what causes us to get into those situations is fellow Christians. Because unfortunately, even as a Christ follower, sometimes we can be ugly. Sometimes we can say those things that shouldn't be said. Sometimes we may act certain ways. And generally, we end up doing that because we're more focused on ourselves or the problems that we have in our own lives that we want to push it off on somebody else. And we start giving that grief to somebody else, you know, when we're discouraged and we're in the blah mode and we got to push it on somebody else because I'm holier than thou and they can't see me like this. We put on a mask instead of being who we really are. And unfortunately, we all run into that time, and, and we see Elijah here, he threw a pity party. He, he was tired, he was stressed out, and, and threw a pity party. Woe's me. You know, maybe you're here today, and maybe you, you're just strapped financially, and then your car broke down on you. You know, maybe your kids are driving you crazy. Maybe you're looking at, man, school gets out in two weeks. can it, like, start all over again? i got to deal with them all summer long. you already wishing school was starting again and it hasn't even ended. Or maybe you've raised your kids and they've walked away from the church. They've walked away from their relationship with God. And now you're wondering, what did I do wrong? What, why are they doing this? And maybe it's just you. Maybe you've set the wrong example. Maybe you've done something wrong. Maybe your kids are just being rebellious and disrespectful, which happens in today's society. Maybe your boss is making your life difficult. Maybe you're overworked, you're underpaid. I think I get a hallelujah from everyone on that one. Maybe your family and friends have disappointed you and let you down. Think of this. Where would you be at right now? Where are you at on a happiness scale? Think about it. One is not happy at all, and 10 is, man, the world is going great. Where would you rate yourself? See, I'll tell you, most times we're probably five or six. We're probably kind of that halfway point. We're like, hey, you know, I'm definitely not a one, but I'm not a 10, so we're kind of in that halfway position. And then sometimes we're, you know, sevens or eights, and life is going pretty good. Well, Elijah's at a one. Someone here today may be at a one in their life. Life just isn't going off and you're in your own mind, God, kill me, take me home. Even during this time when Elijah threw his pity party, God provided for him. God still provided. He provided a tree in the wilderness to give him shade for him to rest under. He provided him with food, and all he was worried about was, God, I want to die. And what I find interesting in here is there's only two people in the Bible that never died. Enoch, who God, they took a walk, they were closer to God's house than his house, so God took him home. And then Elijah. Here's someone we see, take my life, 
kill me, Lord, and he never died. He never died. God took him on to heaven. So someone who was literally throwing a pity party, God, I wish I was dead. Just take me this, that, and everything else. And God ends up taking him home without him ever dying. He, he never faces this death. And, and the whole thing is the realization that God has a bigger plan. God had a bigger plan for Elijah, and he's got a bigger plan for us in our own lives. What we may be going through now is nothing compared to what God has planned for us. We just need to continue to go on because God will provide what we need when we need it exactly like he did for Elijah. The next thing we see is Elijah exaggerated the problem. Man, have I heard some exaggerated problems in my lifetime. But here you see, Elijah exaggerated what was going on. I'm the only one left, Lord. I'm the only one left to serve you. No one else is there. You want to know the difference between a big problem and a little problem? A little problem is the problem someone else has. The big problem is the problem you have. Have you ever noticed that? Your problem is always bigger than someone else's. Oh, I've got cancer, and I've only got three months to live. Oh, that's just a little problem. I got this ingrown toenail, and you just don't understand how much it hurts. You know, we, we make our problems so much bigger than they really are, and that's exactly what Elijah's doing here, and he's exaggerated what was happening. He, he exaggerated what was going on. He, he felt alone. He felt isolated. He felt like everyone had left him, when in fact that wasn't the case. He wasn't the only one left serving the Lord or trying to serve the Lord, but that's the way he felt. But ultimately, you think about it, that's that symptoms of discouragement. It's those symptoms of, of not feeling the presence of God. You feel alone. You, you feel alone in your life. And, and whether it's, the, you know, we start focusing on whatever the circumstances are or, or we focus on, on whatever thing it is that's driving us crazy or or. Whatever it is that is ruining our lives at this very moment is what we tend to focus on instead of keeping our focus on God. This is exactly what Elisha was doing at this time. He was focusing on his circumstances, and instead of focusing on God, he did the same thing we do. We focus on something else, and we basically give them control over our life. Whether it's a circumstance, whether it's a person, a place, or Whatever it is, we focus on that negative and give it control over our life. That's not what controls us, but we will give so many different things control over our life. We will give our bosses control over our life. We will give something going on in the world control over our life. Instead of realizing that we have control. We can manage our each and every day, but we just need to rely on God and I think back to, you know, as we think about our focus, when Peter got out of the boat to walk on water with Jesus, he walked on water until he changed his focus. When he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And as it says in, in Hebrews 12, 2, that we should keep our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Elijah doesn't have one word of praise for the broom tree. He doesn't praise the food that the angel provided for him. He doesn't do all that because ultimately when we take our eyes off of God, when we take our eyes off of Jesus, 
we've got to put them someplace else. And generally, we put them on a circumstance or something else going on in our life, and we focus on our problems, we focus on other people, and all it does is make matters worse. It makes it worse than what it actually is, and then we exaggerate what's actually happening in our life, and this little, little problem becomes a big problem. And it's bigger than anything else going on in the world because it's affecting us. So therefore, it's affecting me, so everyone else has to pay, which makes no sense. But that's exactly what we do, and that's exactly what Elijah does. And I find it interesting that, that when he finally gets to the mountain, God shows up with three things. God shows up with a wind. So first he shows up with his wind. It's tearing the cliffs apart. And then it says God wasn't in the wind. But how many times in our own life do we wish that God would just blow away our problems? Lord, just blow these problems away. Just blow them away, make them go bye-bye, and, and I'll feel so much better. And, and here God sent all this wind, but he wasn't in it. He wasn't in the wind. Then he sends an earthquake. So you're like, okay, God, maybe you won't blow it away. Maybe you can just smash it into little bite-sized chunks. Lord, just shake it up, rattle it, crumble it, make this problem go away. But you notice he wasn't in the earthquake. And then he comes in fire. Well, we know he had fire come down from heaven to get rid of all the prophets of Baal. And, and maybe, you know, God, can you just zap this? You know, be like the, the brothers of thunder. Lord, can you just zap this problem away? I, I can truly say there's times I've actually thought, man, I wish I could just call fire from heaven and just zap this problem away or zap this person away. Man, my life would be so much better. But he knows God wasn't in the fire. God had a still, small voice, a whisper. And, and, and as I, I told someone in this room, you know why God's so close? Because he whispers. His voice is a whisper. It's that small, sounding voice, and he's got to get close so you can hear it. And see, too many times we've got all this going on in our life, we've got all these distractions, we're focused on the wrong thing, and we fail to hear his whisper. We fail to hear the voice of God because we're allowing everything else to scream louder in our heads and in our minds than what God's calling us to do. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. See, so, uh, I even say usually God shows up in our quiet. He shows up in the quiet, but he also shows up in the routine. There's times you're going to be doing something. It could be making a bed, and you're going to hear God's voice. It could be just sitting in your car. You're going to hear God's voice. He will show up in your times of quiet, not when there's all that noise. The reason you don't know he's there with all the noise is, like I said, you're allowing it to control you. You have given control of your life and everything going on to something else so that you're not hearing his voice. Be still and know that he is God. Be still, be quiet, 
listen for the whisper of his voice. Because that's how it comes. So many times we're, we're just waiting for, it's going to be this strong wind, it's going to be an earthquake, it's going to be, it's going to be all this stuff, and all of a sudden it's, What? Did I hear something? Yes, you did. But you got to get all that craziness out first. Calm it down till it's time to go. Stop exaggerating the problems because we all do it. Get rest. Know that he's going to show up. Know that he's going to be there for you. Exactly what you need, when you need, is going to be there. See, so many times we go through life and we, and we don't believe it and we think our life is over. And guess what? Your life is not over. Your life is only beginning. Your life is only beginning each and every day for what God has for you to do and for him to continue to move forward and for you to hear that still, small voice. And understand, you can't run from God. You can't hide from God no matter what you do. He's still going to be there. You can't outrun him. No matter where you go, he's going to be there before you get there. No matter how fast you think you can run, guess what? He's still jogging. No matter what you're going through in life, God's going to be there by your side. He's going to be trying to speak to you. It's just we need to listen for his voice. We need to listen to who he is. Elijah here saw himself as a failure. He was not a failure. He was at the mountaintop with God. And he chose to run. Many of us choose to run when circumstances aren't in our favor. Take time to get read, to get rest. Be fed through the word of God, knowing that he's going to give you strength for the journey, knowing that you can get that rest, knowing that you will be able to hear his voice and know that his plan is so much bigger than yours. Whatever you think your plan is, is small compared to what God's plan is for your life. Always remember, when you're tired, you're burnt out, you're going through something, God don't make junk. God don't make junk. He created you, he knitted you in your mother's womb. God does not make junk. So if you're feeling like you're junk... You need to rethink what you're going through. Rethink your life and focus on him instead of what's around you. Because I want to encourage you this morning, as Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is knocking on the door to your heart. And in that small voice, as he knocks, he's saying, let me in. Let me in. Let me into your heart. Let me into your life. Let me change your circumstances. Let me provide what you need, when you need it, just like I've done all throughout my word. He still does that today. But see, I think we get stuck looking for the miracles we get stuck looking for, man, I, I want that fire from heaven. Here's a newsflash. God may not heal your cancer. God may not heal you when you're sick. You may not see that miracle that you're looking for, 
but I guarantee you've seen his miracles. And that's what we got to hold on to. Sometimes we have to go through the valley. Actually, all the time we got to go through the valley to get to the other side. But sometimes that valley seems a little too rough. And it seems, exactly, it seems long. And it seems very narrow. And you feel like you're stuck going through it. Know that God's there with you. Know that he's walking every step of your day with you. He's going through it with you. He's got a plan for your life. And you need to just take heart and do what he calls you to do so that you can hear that still small voice. Hear his voice. Open up your heart. And allow him to provide you with that joy, that peace, and that victory that we get through him. Elijah was tired. Elijah was burnt out. Elijah was afraid, and God cared for him in his weaknesses. He does the same for each of us. Each one of us has limits. We all have limits in our life. But know that God cares for us when we've reached our max. He desires for us to rest, whether we think we need it or not, or whether we think we deserve it or not. God's going to provide that rest. And it all starts with that relationship. It starts with that relationship that each one of us have with Jesus. It, it starts with, with getting up each morning and saying, hey, today's going to be a good day because I got the Lord on my side. Today is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And how many times do we lose that? I will rejoice and be glad in it as soon as we hit traffic going to work. The rejoicing's done. The joy's gone. You know, they've just sucked it right out of you. And you get stopped for two minutes. Oh, my God, I lost an hour of time this morning. I was late for work because I got stuck in that. No, you didn't. You got stuck in two minutes worth of traffic. But we exaggerate what's going on in our life. Stop exaggerating. Stop making things bigger than what they are. Trust me, your problem is not as big as you think it is. And someone else's problem is not as little as you think it is. Truly put into perspective what's going on in people's lives. And the most important thing you can do is, is if you haven't done it, is to start by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because that's where it starts. You talk about, you want to hear his voice? You, you want to understand him more? Well, it starts with a relationship. And all of us here are broken. All of us are hurting from something. We may be tired. We may be burnt out. But know that he does provide that peace. He provides that joy. And he provides that comfort. And you may be saying, Pastor, you don't understand. You don't know my life. You know what? I don't need to. He knows every minute, every second of your life. And you may say, boy, Pastor, you know, you don't understand. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't catch on fire when I walked inside the church. Well, I've been waiting for that to happen because I hear it all the time. I can't go to church because if I walk in, I'm going to catch on fire. I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting for the day. I doubt it's going to happen because here's the reality. God says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So whoever you're sitting next to is a sinner just like you. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. 
But yet God showed his love for us that yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for all the sins you've ever had in your life. He even died for the sins you haven't done yet. Think about that. He knows what you did in the past. He knows what you're going to do in the future. And he still willingly went to a cross to die for you. So all you have to do, as it says in God's word, is to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Now that's the beginning. That's where it starts. Is there a chance that, you know, pastor, I'm still hungover from last night. I'm still a little high from my last hit. I still got all this going on in my life. Well, guess what? If you accept Jesus, there's a good chance that you will never touch any of that again. There's a chance that it could happen. For most people, when you leave here after you've accepted Jesus, you're going to go out there and guess what? You're going to want that hit. You're going to want another drink. You're going to want to still do something bad. The difference is once you accept Jesus and you start to hear that still small voice, and you start to realize, hey, what I'm doing is wrong. What I'm doing is a sin. And if I'm supposed to be more like Jesus, I can't do this anymore. And he starts to change you from the inside out. You start to get that heart transformation. And what you've exaggerated in your life to be so big, you realize it's so small. You realize he has a plan for your life. And you start to change your ways. And the sins you were doing before you accepted Jesus become less and less. You're still going to sin, trust me. All of us sin, including me. We all fall short of the glory of God. But you start to change. You start to, your sin actually changes. Things that I did in the past, I would never even think about doing now. But there's still sin. There's still sin in this world. There's sin in our life. So I want to encourage you, if you've never accepted Jesus, God's word says today is the day of salvation. You don't need to be good enough. We're all messed up. You don't need to have it all together because we're all jacked up. One thing every one of us have in common is we're all loved. We are loved by our Savior. We are a messed up, jacked up group of people, but we are all loved by our Savior and our future becomes secure. So if you've never accepted Jesus, I encourage you today at the end of service, uh, there'll be some prayer partners up front here. I encourage you as just to come up front, take some time to, they'll pray with you, pray for you. They'll talk to you about what salvation is. And you can become part of our messed up, jacked up family today. You can become part of the family. Because trust me, it's bigger than this building. It's about the kingdom. And when someone comes into the kingdom, angels rejoice. Imagine the party in heaven because one sinner accepts Jesus. That's what we should be like. We should understand that and focus that same way. And if you're here today and you're just feeling blah, Pastor, I'm just not feeling it. I want to encourage you to come up front also. At the end of the service, like I said, these prayer partners, 
They will pray with you. They will pray for you. Whatever it is you're going through in your life, they'll pray with you about it. They'll talk with you about it. And they'll love you the way that Jesus loves you. Amen? So I want to encourage you as, as they play another worship song, stay here, just continue to worship with us. And, and, and as we worship and they're done, they'll tell you guys to leave. And when they tell you to leave, we'll have prayer partners up here. Make your move. Make a move today to be who God called you to be. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the realization, Lord, that we're just like the people in, your, in, in the Bible. Lord, just like Elijah, you know, Lord, we, we get burnt out, we get tired, we get frustrated in this life, and, and sometimes we just run from you. But Lord, as we saw today, even as Elijah ran and even as he... He tried to get away from his problems and he exaggerated them and, and had pity parties and everything else. God, you were there. You were there amidst everything he was going through in this life. You provided what he needed when he needed it. So Lord, I ask that you do that for us, provide for us what we need when we need it. And Lord, most importantly, that, that we can get rid of all this noise so that we can hear your whisper. That we can hear your voice. And Lord, as you tell us how much you love us, how much you care for us, and how much of a plan you have for our lives, that we will focus on that instead of our junk. We will focus on that instead of our hurts. We will focus on that instead of anything else in our life. And Lord, if there's anyone here who don't know you today, I ask that you touch their hearts, that they make that move, that they join your family, your kingdom. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue worship. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to Go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, Give My Life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.